Welcome to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. We hope that God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Gary Chevalier. Well, good morning, everyone. All right, as we finish up this underdog series today, I want to issue a heartfelt apology to all of the Michigan fans out there. You guys, most of you, have come up to me and are like, really, on the intro video, you're gonna put that up there and take me to a dark, dark place right before I'm supposed to listen to the Lord? And so I wanna say, I'm sorry, but you've got to agree that that is one of the biggest underdog stories ever. So thank you for your patience and grace as we have displayed your shame for the last four weeks. We're gonna start and move forward together. (laughs) All right, well, hey, listen, about this time of year, back in 2009, it was late November-ish, my life completely imploded, derailed. See, nine months earlier, I was the worship pastor at a large church in the Dallas area, and God had laid it on myself and Andrea laid it on our hearts to come down to the Houston area to a startup church and be the worship pastor at a startup church. Now, this is not typically what you do. Uh, We had almost a thousand member church and in grand scheme of things, it really was kind of a cush position. I had built a wonderful worship team around me and things were going great. So to pick up and leave and go to a startup church really didn't make a lot of sense except for the fact that God said go. So we did. And then nine months in, I found out that my position was going from paid staff to volunteer overnight. There was a large donor who was essentially giving to the church and supporting my salary. And that donor stopped giving, which meant my salary went away. And there was no severance package. There was no, hey, we're going to keep you on for a couple months till you can find somewhere new. This Sunday, I was paid staff. Monday morning, I was volunteered. To say that Andrea and I were shell-shocked is a bit of an understatement. I mean, hadn't we listened to God's voice? Hadn't we heard him tell us to get up and leave our great church with great friends and a wonderful town that we had been in for 12 years to come down here? And then now this? Did we not hear God correctly? Was he punishing us? I spent the next year looking for a job. Sending resumes out, talking to people, networking, doing all the stuff you're supposed to do. And as humbly as I can say this, I really was a pretty good worship pastor. I I mean, God had used me to build and grow our church. At that point in time, I was writing articles on being a worship pastor for our state uh, convention that were getting sent out each month. I was teaching at conferences and workshops across the state, and churches had even brought me in to do retreats and be a clinician and those sorts of things. So every indicator told me that I was reasonably good at what I did, but every resume that I sent out was a no. I'm here to tell you, we, we felt pretty ruined and really rejected by God at that moment. Our final underdog of the series is a woman named Ruth. And like me, her life was going great until something out of her control 
happened in her life and that it derailed her plans forever. So Ruth was a woman from the country of Moab, which is right next door to Judah and Israel where God's people lived. And so there's a woman named Naomi and her husband Elimelech, and a famine was in the land of Israel. So they moved to Moab where there was no famine. And when they got there with their two sons, their sons married a woman named Orpah, and the other one married Ruth. And that's how she fits into our story. Because they were happily married there for about 10 years, and then out of the blue, Elimelech dies. And shortly after that, the two sons, Ruth and Orpah's husbands, die. And Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah are left husbandless and childless. And in that culture, that was a really, really bad thing. Their picture-perfect life, just like that, was changed. And they were facing a life of poverty. Haven't most of us at some point in our life experienced something like that where life is going along great and then all of a sudden you feel like the rug is pulled out from underneath you or the wagon wheel falls off or you get the right cross from the Mike Tyson of life? I mean, pick your idiom. We've been there where things are going good and then all of a sudden in an instant, they're not. You know, maybe, maybe you followed your husband's job to the humidity capital of Texas where every day is a bad hair day and you found yourself in an unfamiliar spot and lonely. Maybe you went to the doctor for a routine checkup and all of a sudden discovered that you have a life-threatening illness. Or perhaps your husband left you or your fiance broke off the engagement. Maybe you didn't get into the college you wanted to go to or the scholarship you were hoping for didn't come through. When those things happen, do you abandon your faith in God and your belief that he has a plan for you? Or do you persevere despite the hardships and believe that God is still God and yes, he has a plan for your life? I believe the answer is that God is still God and he has a plan no matter the circumstances. So that leads us to ask the question, how do I continue to follow God when life doesn't go as planned? The answer to that, I believe, we can find in the life of Ruth. And the first thing that we can learn from her life is number one, this. It's your first fill-in on your message notes, is I must realize that the right choice is always right. The right choice is always gonna be right. See, after the husbands and their sons had died, they really had nothing left for them in Moab. So Naomi, decided to leave Moab and go back to her homeland. And she looked at Ruth and Orpah and said, you know what, I'm going back to be a, wi a widow and live in poverty. You go back to your family of origin and maybe you'll find another husband and have a great life. Look at what happens in Ruth 1, verse 14. At this, they wept aloud again. Then Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye, but Ruth clung to her. Look, said Naomi, your sister-in-law is going back to her people and her gods. Go back with her. But Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. 
Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. See, Orpah and Ruth had a choice. They could go back to their family of origin and hopefully try to find another husband or they could follow Naomi and live a life of poverty. Now, it sounds like a no-brainer, but before you pass judgment, remember this. When Ruth and Orpah married into Naomi's family, they ceased to be a part of their family of origin, and they were now a part of Naomi's family. And so to leave Naomi was to turn their back on family. That's what Orpah did. She was like, hey, Naomi, it's been fun. Sayonara, peace out. And she went back to her family of origin. Many times, I think we're, we're like Orpah. Like life is going along good, and so we're great with God. We're like, yeah, God, this is awesome. Got the window down, we're driving along. Life feels good. We feel like God's favor is on us, but the minute we start to hit some bumps, the minute it gets rough, the minute it gets painful, we all of a sudden become like Orpah. And we look at God and we say, sayonara, God, it's been a great, but you know, peace out, I'm on my own. How often do we do that? That's not what Ruth chose to do. See, following Naomi back was the right thing to do. It was the honorable thing to do. It was the unselfish and caring thing to do. I'm sure it didn't always feel like the right thing. Matter of fact, I'm sure it, it was painful. I'm sure it was disappointing. I'm sure that there are times that Ruth wondered and imagined in her mind what it would have been like had she gone back to her family of origin and tried to find another husband. When it was cold at night and she was shivering, or when she was hungry or scared. I mean, she was a person too, just like us. I'm sure that she had doubts in her mind. I'm sure that sometimes she questioned her choice to come. And the same is true for us. We make choices. We choose to follow God. And, and when we find ourselves in circumstances that don't look like we made the right choice, we question what we did. And I'm here to tell you, when my job went away, I did some serious questioning. I was like, God, what are you doing? I had a great job, great friends, and you moved us here? We did our very best in that time to walk in faith. But there were times that it was really dark. And we really had our faith tested. When the savings account was gone, the checking account was empty and we didn't know how we were gonna buy groceries, it was tough. When those resumes went out and either came back with a no or didn't even get the courtesy of a reply, I did a lot of questioning. And when I showed up at my 20th high school reunion and everybody was talking about the great jobs they had and the wonderful things that they were doing and I had to look at them and say, I'm unemployed. It was tough. We had a lot of questioning. It was excruciating at times. And the one thing that I could hold on to was this scripture. Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 13. It says this. You will seek me and find me 
when you seek me with all of your heart. Now underline all of your heart. Because God doesn't say you will seek me and find me when you throw up an occasional, hey God, help me with this prayer. God says you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. And, and really, that's what we had done. We prayed a lot before leaving. We fasted, we read scripture, we sought wise counsel, we did everything that we knew to do to try to determine God's will. And we, both of us, unified, believed that God said, leave our church in Dallas and come down here to the startup. That made it the right choice. Even though our finances were a wreck, even though we felt abandoned, it didn't change the fact that following God's leadership was the right decision. What about you? Is there a decision that you're struggling with right now? Or, or is there a decision that you've made that you're struggling with the consequences right now? Seek the Lord with all your heart. And remember that the right choice of following God will always be right, no matter what the circumstances are. And that leads us to our second thing of the day that we can learn from Ruth's life. Number two, I must realize that the right path is often the tough path. The right path is often the tough path. You see, the path that God chooses for us usually requires adversity. And I would say that Ruth's path had adversity. Her husband, father-in-law, and brother-in-law all died, leaving them without a means of income and an ability to learn to earn a living. They were poor and destitute. When she got back to Judah, here's what Ruth said, verse two, in chapter two. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. So she was going to a field to pick up the leftovers. Now here's something that many Christians don't know. God set up a care system for widows, orphans, foreigners, and poor people back in the Old Testament times. And he hid it in the book of Leviticus, which most of us probably don't spend a lot of time reading, do we? But it's there. Look in chapter 19, verse 9. It says this, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Now, gleanings are basically stalks of, of wheat or barley or whatever, but that have fallen to the ground that you missed. All right, the Bible says, don't gather those. Or in verse 10, do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner. I am the Lord, your God. I've said it before, God is the God of the underdog. And widows and orphans, they were the biggest underdog of that society of that time. Yet God created a system that they could work and care for themselves. He tells you, don't harvest all that you have and leave some behind intentionally for the poor, the orphans, the widows, and the foreigners. 
So today here at Parkway Fellowship is Orphan Sunday. And you've already heard Pastor Kelly talk about the things that we have been doing recently to minister and meet the needs of the poor. And so today you're gonna have an opportunity on your connection card to check a box to find out more about what we are doing to help provide for the needs of the widows and orphans. And so I wanna encourage you at the end of the service when that time comes, check that box to learn more about how you can be involved in the care system that God has set up for widows and orphans here at Parkway Fellowship. Now back to Ruth's story. So she was gleaning wheat from what was left over. Not exactly a, a glamorous type of, type of task, right? It's definitely not fun, definitely not a path that she would have chosen for herself. But it was God's path for her. And think about our other underdogs. Gideon, 300 men against innumerable Midianites. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their country was conquered. They were ripped from their homeland and thrown into a blazing furnace. The Apostle Paul was beaten, stoned, arrested, shipwrecked, jailed, and exiled for preaching the name of Jesus Christ. And other Bible characters, same thing. David fought Goliath. Moses had to rescue God's people from Pharaoh. Nehemiah had to rebuild the wall under constant threat of attack. Adversity goes with following God. It's how he shows us that he is God. It's how he teaches us that he is all-powerful and has a plan and that we should place our faith in him. A friend of mine, his name is John Thurman. He's a psychologist. He used to be in private practice, but currently he works for the United States Department of State and he travels all over the world right now doing trauma counseling. He spends time with people whose life have definitely not gone as planned. And he said this to me the other day. I thought it was significant. He said, pain is an unexpected opportunity for growth. Fill that in on your message notes. Pain is an unexpected opportunity for growth. Because let's face it, when we're comfortable, there's generally not a whole lot of growth going on. I mean, we're kind of doing our thing, and hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? But when there's a little pain, a little uncomfortableness, when it starts to not feel good, all of a sudden, we're very open to change. We're very open to considering something differently because we want that pain to go away. Is it any wonder that God plans some pain and adversity into our lives? It's how we grow in our faith. And if I can be a little forward here, it, it not only grows us in our faith, but it makes life interesting. Now, before you freak out, before you want to lynch me, listen to what I'm saying. That, that pain, while you're in the middle of it, it doesn't feel interesting. It feels the opposite of that. But think about your life in terms of a movie or a story. It's the adversity, the conflict, the trials. That's what makes the story interesting. All right? If... If Darth Vader and the dark side did not exist, would we care about Luke Skywalker being marooned on a desert planet? If Scarlett O'Hara 
was a proper southern belle and had her life together, could we endure four hours of her whining? (laughs) If Buddy the Elf knew he was human, he would never have traveled the seven levels of the candy cane forest. He would not have gone through the sea of swirly twirly gumdrops and through the Lincoln Tunnel and we'd have never learned the four food groups. Candy, candy cane, candy corn, and syrup. That's right. Thank you, Buddy the Elf. But you get it. It's the conflict. It's the adversity. It's the trial. That's what gives the story life. And in my own life, when times were tough, when it was hard, when I would get those rejection letters, when I would not know how we were going to pay for the next thing that happened at school, you know, my kids needed pizza and I didn't have $5 so that they could have pizza that day. When the pain came, there were times in my life that I just looked and I said, this, this is the part of the movie that's going to make people want to watch it. This is the part of my story that's really going to give it life. And I can choose in this moment to persevere and follow God or I can choose to crumble. The same is true for you. Whatever hurt you're in right now, whatever trial, whatever grief that you're feeling, you have the opportunity to grow and persevere or you have the opportunity to crumble and fall away. Ruth chose to grow. Ruth chose to persevere and follow God's path. And that leads us to the last thing that we can learn from Ruth. Number three, I need to trust in a plan I can't fully see. I need to trust in a plan I can't fully see. See, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Circle sure and circle certain. Faith is an integral part of following God. Trials and adversity teaches us that. So no matter what our circumstances tell us, we can be sure and we can be certain that God's plan is the right plan. And his plan is often one that we do not see. Ruth found the first part of God's hidden plan for her in chapter two, verse three. It says this, as it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz. Now underline, as it turned out, because that little phrase right there, it makes it sound like happenstance, like she just happened upon Boaz's field, but that's not true. We misread that because God does everything on purpose. She didn't accidentally show up at Boaz's field. God led her to the field of a godly man named Boaz. And when Boaz heard her story, how she left Moab and came and was taking care of her, Boaz had compassion on her. And he told his men to leave extra grain for her. He offered her protection there in his field. And he gave her food and water from his own stores that he provided for his workers. That was a big win for Ruth and Naomi. They could have lived the rest of their lives just in the favor of Boaz. 
but God had more. There was more they didn't see. See, Boaz was culturally what is called a kinsman redeemer. And this is something that was built into the culture to take care of widows who had no children. And so because Boaz was the kinsman redeemer, he also ended up marrying Ruth. And they had a child which brought a son back in the line of Elimelech and Naomi and restored their family's heritage. And that is fantastic. But God had even more planned. See, Ruth's son was named Obed. And Obed later had a son named Jesse. Jesse had a son named David. The David. David, a man after God's own heart. David in the line of Jesus. Ruth is one of four women mentioned in the lineage of Jesus. And Ruth, not a Jew. Her presence in Jesus' lineage tells us that the gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for Jews, it's for everyone. And had Ruth not persevered through all the hardship, she would have missed that blessing. There was no way she could have ever imagined that that was a part of God's plan. But because she was faithful and persevered and followed, look at what God accomplished through her. And it started with a famine. It started with her husband and father-in-law and brother-in-law dying. It started with being poor and gleaning in a field. Every one of those circumstances, when given a choice, we would avoid. We would say no. But God works through the adversity in your life. And he lays out your path for you, regardless of your circumstances. How many of you right now are in the middle of a pain or a difficulty that you just don't understand? If you will, take out your cell phone, please. And to the number 22333, text either a Y or an N. That yes, I'm in the middle of a pain or difficulty right now that I just don't understand. Or no, that's not me right at, at this time. And in just a moment, I'm gonna pray for you guys. I'm gonna pray that you'll have strength to endure the difficulty that you're in. I'm gonna pray that you'll have faith to continue to follow the Lord. As you can see right now, we're at about 58, 59, 60-ish percent. So over half of the people in this room, so at, at least every other person in this room right now is having pain or difficulty in their life that they just don't understand. I'm gonna pray for you just in a moment, but if that's you right now, I wanna encourage you also, come back on Tuesday night at seven o'clock. Our prayer and care pastor, Tennyson Smith, is in this room every Tuesday night hosting a time of prayer. It's come and go. You can come when you want. You can leave when you want. There's no agenda other than to pray. You can pray for yourself. You can have someone pray for you. You can pray for the things going on in our nation and around us. You can pray for whatever is on your heart. But if you're in a difficult spot right now, please make Tuesday night prayer a part of your schedule. Come and be here in the presence of the Lord and pray and be prayed for. Finally, some of you, before you take that step, you need to actually put your trust in Jesus Christ and give him your life and choose to follow him. Just like Ruth 
left the life in Moab and followed Naomi. You need to leave the life that you have been living and follow Jesus. On the back of your message notes, at the bottom, there's a sample prayer that you can pray that will get you started on that journey of following Jesus Christ. And in just a moment, I want to encourage you to pray that prayer today. You can become a Christ follower and you can experience God's plan for you and learn to walk in faith through all the trials and adversity that you have. Please bow your heads. Allow me to pray for you right now. Father, thank you that you have created a plan, God, and a path for each one of us. God, I thank you that your thoughts are higher than our thoughts, your ways are higher than our ways, God, and that your plan for us is bigger and more amazing than we could even imagine. Father, I lift up everyone in this room right now who's in the middle of a loss or in the middle of chaos, and they're wondering, God, right now, if following you is, is even worth it. God, I ask you would strengthen them, that you would uphold them, that you would give them faith to persevere and follow your path, even when their circumstances don't look awesome. God, for those who need to follow you and give you their lives for the very first time, God, I pray right now that you will give them the courage to take that first step and to be bold and to choose Jesus and to follow you today, God, and that you will put them on your path. God, thank you for your love. God, thank you for your grace. Thank you that no matter where we go, you are always with us, Father, that you always have a path and a plan for us. God, I bless you. And we pray in the most holy name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more.